Hello. Welcome to Why Not Both. My name is Pam Schaefer, and I'm a musician and therapist in Los Angeles. Why Not Both is all about how our multiple passions inform our identity. And this season, we are brought to you by Under the Radar magazine and produced by Laura Studeris. If you like what you hear, please make sure to like us and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and come spend time with us on social media. We are at WNB the podcast, and that is both on Instagram and on Twitter. For this week's episode, we got to hang out with Tawny Newsom and Bethany Thomas. I hope you enjoy our interview. I just started recording, by the way, because um, I realized I hadn't. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Like welcome. It'll be an organic, um, relaxed, cold open, and you know you won't have to explain anything of what we were talking about before. It's it's gonna be great. And I was like, welcome to Why Not Both, where we clearly have it all together and know exactly what we're doing. Yes. 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 And what you said is so accurate, though, that people think playing music is just picking up a guitar and being like, "I did it." Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're like no no you have no idea I was thinking about that with this album Bethany because when we Bethany was overseeing the mastering because we got it mastered in Chicago and she is there and I am not mm -hmm. and when Bethany had spaced out all the tracks exactly like how she wanted them the album comes in at like what is it like 28 minutes and something like 28 minutes and 50 seconds or something yeah like <laughs> I cannot believe that this thing that consumed our entire summer and yeah, we, we made it fast. We did it, you know, uh, Oh, we recorded everything over the course of three weeks. We mixed everything over the course of on and off like a month, but still the fact that it consumed how much space it took up in my brain, the fact that it is not even 30 minutes of content <laughs> is, <laughs> is wild and a little bit sad. <laughs> it's just so much effort in such a, a tight little package <laughs> well then it's it it's very dense then someone said that about me once because I'm I'm very very short uh but very strong and he was like you're very dense like in like the thick sense <laughs> <laughs> I love that dense is a compliment it's the best compliment yeah yes it makes you pack a lot of punch dense. <laughs> yes so your album just must be dense in the physics sense <laughs> That, can we use that as a pull quote from now on? Dense in the physics sense. Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> you have to specify, because at first he's like, wow, you're really dense. And I was like, pardon? <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing, though. And I can imagine this summer, it must have been a challenge just logistically to get everything done. Like I've been talking to people about both the magic and befuddlement of working remotely on things? Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, we didn't have to do too much remote working, especially not at the start, because Bethany, Bethany just drove her ass out to my weird little compound in the mountains, and we got to do everything together, which is, oh. yeah, no, I, I don't know a lot of musicians that got to do that this, this year, um, so we feel really lucky. That's amazing. And I love that you have a, a compound in the mountains. That only sounds like slightly malevolent. <laughs> Look, you got to be prepared. Everything's falling to shit. You got to be prepared, okay? <laughs> I was like, I just have my parents' house in the valley. That sounds like way less fortified. <laughs> yeah, you can, uh, there's some tweaks that you can make to, uh, you know, really make it a, a bunker <laughs> if you want. <laughs> 
safe. Exactly. What was the process like of recording during all of this? Because the two of you also do multiple other things. That's pretty much, by the way, the thesis of the podcast in the before times was how do you balance doing multiple things? And now it's, how is life? Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we wouldn't have been able to do this if, if all of our jobs haven't been canceled <laughs> or postponed. <laughs> right. Uh, I was like, I was supposed to do a show in Chicago uh, in the spring and something in Philadelphia in the summer. And Tawny, I'm sure, had multiple red carpet events. Oh, so many. <laughs> so many. Every carpet, oh, all red. Well, I did have. <laughs> Horses <I> have... <laughs> ride. <laughs> These are all true statements. Um, yeah, I had two shows premiere this year, one on Netflix and one on CBS, and I have never had shows quite of that like size. I, I've had other shows premiere, but like these were two kind of bigger things in my career. And yeah. I started having so many people apologizing to me and just feeling so, but they were like, oh my gosh, what an incredible year this would have been for you. Oh, it would have been so amazing. I'm so sad for you. And after a while, I was like, I don't feel sad. I feel really good. Everyone, please stop trying to make me feel sad. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> I like, I like it's fine. I don't know any better. Please stop talking about all the fun I should be having. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious that they didn't even check in to see if you were sad. They were just like, we're just going to assume. And you're like, I was actually okay. <laughs> I was like, I feel great. I feel like I got to put out two things that I love and then, you know, watch them. And then I got to stay home. Like, it's been fine. <laughs> How how did that feel? I, it's strange because sometimes putting out work, it's like it feels like it's in a vacuum sometimes, unless we have those events. But it sounds like in some ways you were able to see like the fruits of your labor anyway, and you're like, sweet, and I get to be in my jammies. Yeah, I mean, I I did a lot of pantsless press, you know. I did a lot of um, Zoom press. It you know, it's it's nice to be on like Good Morning Australia or whatever, and literally be in your underwear from the waist down. So I wouldn't trade that in. Uh, I'm <laughs> not to stagely. I'm like, heck yes. Yeah. Right. Like it kind of changed things for me where press used to be like press days for me used to be not stressful because I ultimately like, I, I don't know. I feel like we're relatively comfortable in front of shit, but uh, they, they just can be annoying because everyone's kind of like tense and people are worried about every little thing that you're going to say. And like, I just don't operate like that. So to be able to do it from my house and then anytime I did say something that was a little spoilery or a little outside of what various marketing departments wanted me to say, mm -hmm. they kind of couldn't, I mean, they're far away. So like maybe they'd send me an email, but <laughs> nobody was like in your face being like, Hey, so um, the talking points we really want to stick to, you know, it just, right. Right. I felt more autonomy for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, I hear from my fellow, uh, I, I, by the way, quite accidentally, I'm a journalist now, apparently. One of my friends is like, oh, did you always want to do music journalism? And I was like, I'm a music journalist? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden when you do a podcast, suddenly people think you're a journalist for some reason. Yeah, I'm like, nah, I just, uh, I'm in favor of no pants and sitting in your living room talking to people. That's... <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to do it. Yeah. Bethany, have you done any pantsless events lately? I don't think I have. Oh, I you gotta do it, man. Take off those pants. I peer pressure, no pants. Okay, guys, I'll take off my pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh my gosh, a cat just came in the room. She's being loud. Shut up, Harley. 
Hi, Harley. <laughs> you can't, if you're in here, you have to shut up. <gasps> Harley's like, can I join the no pants party? I never wear pants. I'm a cat. That is exactly what she's trying to say. I, <laughs> I don't live in the middle of nowhere. I live, I like you can, I walk past my window with no pants and anybody who's in the park across the street sees me in no pants. So I, you know, I wear pants a little bit. <laughs> sure. That's an important consideration. Well, I feel like at least my neighbors have like, we've all pretended that we kind of low-key don't exist because we're always home. And so like, we all definitely like aren't wearing pants and are doing things like sitting on our patios and balconies, but like tacitly letting people have their private space even outside. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of funny. That's real. And I, I love that. Uh, I like that part about it. I, I am kind of sad about the like, oh, we're two people who might have smiled at each other walking down the street or said hi, but these masks make it feel like it's going to be too much effort and you're not going to see what I'm trying to do. It's going to both look down. Yeah. <laughs> I've had those interactions where I'm like, I'm smiling, but it might just look like I'm squinting because I have a small face and you can't really tell. So but it's really dense. It's very dense. It is packed with emotion that may or may not be misread. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that's been very weird during this time. Like, honestly, um, I don't know if you've had this experience. Are you recording your podcast currently? That like these conversations have been some of like the most like human moments, I guess, of lockdown. Mm hmm. Sure. Yeah, I, I feel that. I feel like um, sometimes these are the only semi-strangers you get to talk to in, in a week. <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah. doing a podcast. It's been very surreal. Like before this, did you ever invite your guests like into your space? Because in the before times, I used to just like have people over my living room or go to one of my friend's houses in Silver Lake where they have a nice living room so that I could actually, you know, like person with my podcast guests. Um, yeah. Yeah, before we did everything in studio um, at Earwolf in in Hollywood. So, mm -hmm. and you know, those are nice studios. Everyone who works there is really sweet. There's like a very fun energy. There's always snacks. So I always really liked like welcoming people to the little lobby and being like, would you like sparkly water? Would you like some popcorn to chew on on mic? Um, it kind of <laughs> felt like, I, I don't know. I felt very like, like a hostess at like someone else's very nice home. Um, and Excellent. now, but now I like giving people the opportunity to also be pantsless and be in the comfort of their home. And I like meeting people's pets over Zoom. I do a lot of that. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, well, we just met Bethany's pet. That's, that's been a delight for me when I'm not podcasting. Um, my day job is that I'm a therapist, which is very interesting during this time. And I've met like everyone's pets, children, significant others, it's been very illuminating and strange. <laughs> wow. I, that's For both wild. of you, as people who do podcasts and, like, and, and therapy, like where you have people come in and do these things normally, and now it's all remote and people are in their underwear, do you feel like what you're getting back from them is different or more candid because they are in a different, like they have another certain level of comfort that they're able to provide for themselves during these meetings or talks? I've definitely found that with my therapy clients, though I don't have a super huge basis of comparison for my podcast guests, kind of cut down on like the serendipity aspect of podcasts. Yeah, it's definitely different. 
I, I, I am learning to like it though. I like seeing a bit of people's space. It gives me more sense of their personality. Yeah. What are, I guess, what are some of the interesting things you've seen? Because do you do it on video or do you only do the audio portion usually? Or like, what's your process like? Um, well, for my pod, Yo, Is This Racist, we do, uh, uh, we only broadcast, broadcast, what am I trying to say? We only release the audio, but we look at each other just so we don't interrupt each other constantly. Cause <laughs> I don't know, we're, we're a little like jokey loose. And so it can get a little cacophonous, um, mostly my fault. Um, we haven't had a ton of guests lately because it's just been a little complicated with me traveling and stuff, but yeah, like I, I guess I've just seen, just seeing people's, you know, sometimes we'll interview people that I've known for a while, other comedians or people that I've known their work for a while and maybe don't know them super well. Um, like we interviewed Roy Wood Jr. And he, I, I talked to him twice because we were doing, he was in Space Force with me. And when we mm -hmm. did Space Force Press, he was staying with his mom um, down in Birmingham, Alabama. And so he was broadcasting from there and he was just like, I'm in my mom's house. So I was like, <laughs> oh, cool. I'm like yeah. seeing your mom's like living room. And That's then, adorable. I know. And then when he was back in New York for my pod, I was like, oh, and now this is your space. So yeah, I think just, yeah, getting to see people when they travel. I mean, anyone who's talked to me in the last two months has just seen me inside of a weird corporate hotel room in Atlanta. So that's not giving anyone any information about me. So wait, you've been you've been in a hotel this whole time. I'm like, are you living out of a hotel? I've I've always found that so like weirdly glamorous and also disorienting at the same time. It's not. It's bad. It's um <laughs> <laughs> it seems glamorous. It's glamorous for two weeks. Um and then you start to go a little Looney Tunes. But yeah, I'm down here working. I'm picking up on a production that had to stop filming back in March, like everything did. And uh mm -hmm. now they are cautiously and very safely starting back up again. So we're all isolated in our little, in our little, you know, apartment hotel condo thingies. And wow. uh, yeah, it's weird. It's real weird. Yeah. I was like, what's that like being back on set? So are, are you all like potted together then? Or sort like, of, I, there's a ton of like protocols and stuff, you know, it's, it's so hard to do things, you know, you know, film sets can be really chaotic. So um, yeah. to do it safely, there's just a lot of protocol and rules. So yeah, they're, they're doing their best and things are moving um, slowly as slower than usual so that they can make sure everything stays really safe. Sure. But I've been grateful to have um, music stuff to talk to and Bethany and I, Bethany and I have been like sending video messages back and forth to each other because I'm just in here like talking to myself. <laughs> I don't have my cat here. Normally my cat I talk to. So Oh, been kind enough to um, message with me so that I don't lose my mind. Oh, I was yeah. like, what have you been up to? Because I'm like, you're not trapped in a hotel room. But I'm like, that's really sweet. I was just like, I'm glad you have a lifeline. <laughs> Definitely. <gasps> what have you been doing, Bethany? Uh, well, I've, I've been, I'm at home. I'm in Chicago. I live in Humboldt Park. I've got a lot of nice space and a lovely roommate and my house all right. It's okay. I've been home. Um, I played like my band played a show live in a venue this week uh, for like a live stream thing. And oh. that was kind of fun. We hadn't played to get, this is my solo band. Project. Mm -hmm. uh, 
So that's fun. There's been little things like that, making videos for theater companies that need content and stuff like that. Um, I'm gonna do like a radio play for of Christmas Carol for the holidays. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> like that's so sweet. Who are you playing? Oh, I'm Ghost of Christmas Present. This will be my third turn as present. Fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) I like that you found your niche there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll play it till I die, which (laughs) I'm fine for that show. Um, I like that I was like, is that really the end though? You are the ghost of Christmas Present. (laughs) You can just keep going. Thousands of brothers and sisters of Christmases past. I don't remember all the lines, but yeah, each year I'll just be a different one. And you are born and you die throughout the span of the show. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, I've really just like, besides working on music, it's been like, well, what are the theaters doing since there's no theater? How do they want, what do they need? Will this pay me? Uh, is this worth it, the effort? <laughs> <Did you? laughs> Those are the questions. Will this pay me and is it worth the is effort? Worth and sometimes the they don't have to align. <laughs> <laughs> there was a little bit of like doing like, not like masterclass stuff, but really just uh, workshop kind of things, like Zoom workshops talking about musical theater or performance or like mic technique and stuff like that. And those are weird because (laughs) anybody can just sign up and then you're chilling in your room with just anybody listening to you and they might not care about what you're talking about. (laughs) I don't know why some of them come. There's been some weird stuff. We're all figuring out what, actually makes sense to do and what is something that people actually want to watch I think yeah when you said that oh I'm sorry I just interrupted you Tony I think no maybe I hiccuped I'm sorry (laughs) it's funny when you said the thing about interrupting I'm like growing up in a Jewish household I'm like I don't really understand conversations that don't have interruptions (laughs) yeah Yeah, and I'm a podcaster, so interrupting is half of the content, I think. How yeah. else do you let someone know they're done talking? <laughs> <laughs> Look, Bethany and I have just been interrupted by so many men in the rock and roll world for so many years. Oh We're just God. paying it back. We're paying back the favor. There you go. There you go. When someone well actually is you about your own gear, process, songs, etc. And you're like, cool, cool, cool. This is great. Love this. Mm-hmm. Someone asked me if um, I mentioned that my husband plays drums on this record and someone asked me if he wrote the music. And I was like, first of all, no shade to drummers. When has the drummer written all the music? Like name, name 10 times, name four times that's happened. It's, it's much more rare. I know it happens, but it's much more rare. And second of all, if I tell you this is my album with Bethany, why the fuck would you think that yeah, the dude true. I'm married to wrote it? She was well-meaning. It was just like, you know, one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's crazy just to think that's how a lot, like so many people's minds just work. You know, mine does sometimes too. It's like, oh, oh, duh. Yeah. It's, it's that weird, like internalized misogyny where I, I think Bjork was speaking to this, where she's like, what do I have to do? Like post photos of me with like my music gear every day to be like, this is me making music. Because when everyone co-produces, whether they're like, oh, so Arca wrote the album and she's like, no, 
(laughs) Right. Like what? (laughs) She's like, no, I spent three years writing the album and then he came in as a (laughs) co-producer. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I think we've just, we, we don't have enough normalized mainstream images of the way that women and the way that women of color, especially write, especially music of this type, because we have a lot of normalized images of singers with producers and you know mm-hmm. be, being purely a vocalist even if you've written the lyrics like we we understand what that relationship looks like because you know tv and film has perpetuated yes. that and we've seen enough biopics where we we get that relationship and yes. then we understand if we see a man holding a guitar and singing our brain goes oh he wrote that and he is in charge of all of this because we've just seen it enough so we need to normalize all the weird shit in between and that's something that Bethany and I have been fighting and working on for a long time, which is like, no, I mean, Bethany released an album right before this album that she wrote and she has incredible collaborators and incredible instrumentalists, but like, it is all from her brain. Like she is the right. architect of the whole thing. And then she invited people in to add to it. Um, right. So yeah, just more of that. I just made the face of like, heck yeah, Bethany. <laughs> it's really good. It's called BT She Her. Go, go get that one too, everybody. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's like, yeah, the name. I was like, I would like to claim all of this, please. <laughs> me, me, me. Uh, no, yeah. that's not why I made that name. But, but yes, what Tani is saying is so true. And I, I feel like Tani, you like tweeted something when we had just finished, where you were like, I engineered an album. I wouldn't have even figured I could say that until I actually just did it. Like, there's just, yeah. there's things like this where, like we said, it's just this internalized thing even where you're just like, I can't get over this hump how I haven't seen this before. But uh, but I'm really glad she did. I'm glad we did. I'm glad we have. I'm glad a lot of us are. Uh, I wouldn't have done it if there wasn't a damn pandemic. Like you said earlier, I would have hired an engineer to come out to my house to help set everything up. But because Mm -hmm. we couldn't be near strangers, I was like, well, I guess my ass is getting on YouTube and learning about the (laughs) Glenn Johns drum miking technique. Like, what the fuck? Um, (laughs) And now, like, I love it. I want to do more of it. I actually, I really enjoyed doing it. And you were thriving, my dear. (laughs) yes oh we thank you (laughs) oh and what you said it's it's like this weird situation where we don't see women as engineers which is so baffling to me because when you said that it sparked in my brain that I was like oh yeah when we do see images it's always like a man at the boards and then like and now the pretty girl in the vocal booth yeah Yeah, I've been in so many studios. I've never seen a woman engineer or even a studio intern. I know they exist, but I've never seen one in my. I don't think I have either. I, yeah, yeah. And I realized when I I first started working with um, my friend Angel, who she is a a woman um, and an engineer and a producer, and it was such a different vibe. Like now I'm so sad that I can't, I was like right before lockdown that I started working in person with her on recording vocals, especially that it was so different working with a female engineer. She had really like tailored everything to make me feel at ease and make me feel comfortable there. And I was like, oh my God. I don't know. Yeah. 
it was like it was it was everything that she like brings to our friendship but like she brought it to the studio and I was just like I don't want to work with anyone else but you I love you. <laughs> well that, that's so important like when it, it's hard to be comfortable in the studio sometimes even if you come in knowing what you're doing uh it can be a weird place it can be a weird atmosphere yeah it's like oh my headphones feel weird on my ear like that can really fuck up your whole vibe if if you know if yes. you're person. it's and you you're very vulnerable you, you and you're supposed to be you have to if you're trying to get anything actually good out and uh it's real you need that space to be safe and i and i'm not saying what like the place where I made my album um, with our friend Packy Lindholm, his studio felt so safe. Like I was able to just go in and like try whatever and not feel uh, afraid of sounding stupid. Right. Especially about stuff that I didn't really know the technicalities of. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, I'm saying just like, oh, wow. Yeah. A woman engineer who is like, it sounds like a lot more thoughtful. I don't know. It feels like you came in and you were able to be comfortable. I just kind of just went boop boop with that. But uh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and her technical expertise is phenomenal. Like that's the thing is it's like I, I went to her initially because I'd heard her other work um, and she's just an amazing engineer. Um, and awesome. but, it, but it was like super next level that I was just like, oh, you created an environment where I felt like myself and at ease and you're technically brilliant. I was like, I will tell everybody about you. <laughs> yeah, I, I was actually going to ask. I was like, I don't know if this is an off mic question or an on mic question, but I want to know now, like, where does she work out of? What's her name? Like, can I do my next project with her? Yeah, she's fucking amazing. Her name is Angel M. Her husband's also an engineer. They got they got a much bigger space that they're renovating out in the desert. And so that way she can actually have people like stay there and record. Right, right. So that is, um, that's basically what we did, although we're not like incredible engineers, but we were like, we're going to move out into the middle of nowhere so that we don't have to worry about the neighbors when we play the drums. That was a huge yes. for, <laughs> for moving out there. So I'm sure she'll love not having to, um, <laughs> you know, sound treat the hell out of her walls. Oh my God. Yeah. Like when you were talking about miking the drums during lockdown, I did much the same thing where normally I would have someone come over and mic my piano. Um, but finally, I was just like, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. It's very, um, it really appeals to a part of my brain of like DIY and like building things. It, it It's not like the creative part, like, you know, writing and making and performing the music. It's very much like the technical mathy side of of it. And it it really balances it for me. It, it balances the the creation process. Yeah. I found that I actually, it, it almost gives my mind like a, a moment to like pause and just have the ideas foment like in the back of my mind as opposed to like trying to push a creative idea out while I'm doing the tech stuff. Sometimes it is like, it is cool if you just push through, but I think for the most part, it's like, if you need a rest, take a rest. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like anytime fun. I needed a rest, I just handed it to Bethany. I was just like, I did as much as I could on this to take it and do whatever you want. I would just tell her like, here are the things I'm super precious about in it. Please don't change that. But everything else, please rip apart and destroy. And I feel like that worked really well for us because then anything you came back with was so much more exciting than 
anything I would have come up with when I'd gotten to that tired point? Sure. Well, sure. I think, yeah. I mean, I feel like that kind of goes both ways. Uh, but yeah, it, there were definitely a lot of songs on this project where we're like, I think we need to step away from this for a little while and see what is standing out, what it needs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and we were both pretty good about going back and forth. Like, um, I'll add a vocal thing to this. Uh, if you want to, you know, figure out what this verse does. And, uh, uh, that was cool. And that was a lot of, some of that was even after, uh, I was gone from California. Um, it was still a lot of back and forth about some sections of songs and like, mm -hmm. oh, let's add in something a little bit more flowery here. And um, again, I feel like I've lost exactly what we were talking about. <laughs> I get excited and then I'm just like, and this and this, no, don't talk about that. And then I forget what I'm talking about. I feel uh, like that speaks to the time soup in general of this uh, era where you're like, oh my God, I'm so stoked. Where are we? <laughs> <laughs> yes, very much so. Where are we? Where are it's we a whole mood. <laughs> <laughs> and normally both of you have other things to like, instead of obviously like passing the torch of a song back and forth you're able to also go do all your other stuff. Like when, when Bethany, when you were talking about like, what can you offer in the theater world? Like, it sounds like when either of you are really stuck, you can be like, oh, I'll delve into this other part of my life. And it's kind of weird to be like, how do I delve into that other part of my life right now? Mm. I feel like I've, I've always kind of described myself as an actor that would, that or like a musician that's supporting themselves with theater, which is <laughs> the stupidest plan. <laughs> but it had kind of been working out you know, the last few years and I finally tried to get my solo project thing together. Um, now that these are out and it, it almost is kind of like now, like it's a little bit the other way around. It's not like I'm yeah. making money off the music, but it definitely is a new concentration and not something that I was trying to fit in. Mm. What's it like now that it's like kind of taken the spotlight in a way? Uh, I, I'm feeling a little bit more validated as a songwriter in general, uh, just because I have things to point to now that awesome. are accessible to everyone. But um, so I, I just want to keep doing it. I just want to get better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the, I'm, I'm the sort of person where it's, uh, there are things that I'm good at pretty, like I can try it and it's like, yep, this is something that I feel natural doing and I'm good at this. And then there are the things where it's like, if I want to get good at this, I'm really going to have to work at it. Mm -hmm. and I don't know if I need to be that good at it, if that's the case. Um, gotcha. but songwriting, uh, and producing, uh, and honestly just, just, singing like being a recording artist as opposed to a performance artist uh i'm very excited about working on those things and getting very good even if they didn't come supernaturally at first <laughs> <laughs> i just nodded an affirmation it kind of loops back to what we were initially talking about that like being a recording artist in particular i, I don't think people often understand how much goes into it it's yeah <laughs> it's different. Just the singing is different. Uh, and I've been 
Tawny and I have both been, you know, figuring that out as we've gone about in our music careers. Um, but it's it's a different art. I'm I'm just used to when you're a theater person, like it's all projection and articulation and enunciation and stuff. And then those aren't really the tools that you need to be bringing into the studio. They're not at all. <laughs> like an asshole when you bring those into the studio. <laughs> well, no, it's just because the mics are a little, you know, you get good microphones and, and decent uh, recording environments and, uh, they, they tell on you a little too much, you know, it's, really, a, yeah. it's a very simplistic analogy, but it's, you know, it's like theater, it's like stage to on camera work. Um, the camera, especially cameras now, especially in HD, everything is really telling exactly yeah. what you're thinking and feeling. The camera's telling the audience what you ate for lunch, like whether <laughs> you wanted to or not. So you really have to be, um, you really have to yeah, you have to have a very editorial eye while you're performing, which is straight again, it's that math part of the brain, right? It's like mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. is strategic and this is purposeful and this is a very produced way to do this as opposed to just pure raw emotion and acting and singing. You know, it's um it, it's a little bit of a mental game to still keep fresh and creative while you're actively editing yourself. Um sure. And I like it because I have a control complex. So for me, I love the studio. Love the studio, love a camera. (laughs) I love the way that you put that of like, and just the practice of it is that you do have to have that mathematical calculating side, but it has to be balanced with the expression and you have to practice it enough so that it sounds effortless, that it like sounds like just expression, but it really does have that calculation behind it. Oh, yeah. That's so funny the way that you said that cameras tell on you. I actually, I low-key don't have a television. Um, and so when I see televisions and like when I used to go to people's houses, um, that was really when I saw stuff in HD for the first time. And I found it almost alarming. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. It's yeah. a little much. Yeah, to see. It almost looks more fake than real life, even yes. though it's... Yeah. It's like hyper real in a way that looks like, oh, this isn't what the world looks like, is it? <laughs> yeah, like the textures of people's pores and things like that. I'm like, we don't even, maybe I just have bad vision, but like, I don't, I don't see people's pores like that when I'm standing having a conversation with them. I'm just yeah. like, do I need to see that? Do I just like that kind of bit of a blur? Do I like that bit of a fantasy? And then I was like, no, this, this isn't even what people look like in real life. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a little spooky. These cameras are getting spooky. Yeah. Yeah. And what you were saying about like mic technique in the studio, um, I was wondering if you've used like different vocal mics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I'm a little bit of an aspiring like gearhead. So I got kind of nerdy about, but well before I knew we were going to do this album together when I was just kind of like building out my studio, buying a couple of like good workhorse mics. And then I was looking for like my one expensive purchase. This is going to be my vocal mic. Um, I texted a lot with our friend Packy Lundholm who mixed this album for us because he's the most knowledge- knowledgeable person I know when it comes to studio stuff. Mm-hmm. And and I kind of cross-referenced that, his recommendations with some things that I knew about frequency ranges and like what frequency range my voice specifically sits in and where I like to sing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so I used to sing on a Rode NT1 because someone had given it to me and it was like a decent condenser mic. It seemed Mm -hmm. fine, but I always felt really like bright and brash and I never knew how to mix it. Um, Mm. So with Packy's help and the internet, shout out again to YouTube and the internet. Love the um, internet. Love it. I settled on an AKG C414 and Mm -hmm. that has made, I mean, the fact that I was able to record all of us a bunch of drums, like I use that as an overhead for the drums. Oh, nice. Um, I think we used it for, did we have any? Oh, we started with acoustic guitar on one track and then we switched it to electric. Yeah. But yeah, but it'll do acoustic really well too. Um, that I feel like really rounded out the tones that I always look for in my voice and think like, oh, that's not, you know, I was trying to get across like a, a, a darker, warmer sound or something that I would have trouble with mm-hmm. on other condenser mics. That one really... I felt like it captured it right for me. And I felt like it could really hand power that Bethany has because Bethany has a wider range than me and a lot more like power and volume. Mm-hmm. And I, it's it's become like my, I mean, I feel like I'm doing a commercial for this. <laughs> but it really made recording easy. I know, give me money, AKG. Literally, give me money and microphones. It's like when you find your mic, it's like, it's a magical moment because you're like, oh. <gasps> Exactly like you said, that when you're trying to make your voice, uh, when you're trying to bring out certain aspects of your voice and they're just not coming out, and especially when you're trying to then do it afterwards with like different plugins and it's just not working, you're like, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we didn't want to produce the shit out of this one, especially like we kind of wanted to keep it a little, a little lo-fi. Like we definitely, Packy improved upon a lot of stuff that was just some of the failings of my novice uh, tracking, but <laughs> we did want it to sound like something that we, we, that we did. Like we wanted to sound like we made this thing, you know? Yes. And that's, it's so interesting that you're like, well, it took a pandemic, but we engineered our own record. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Anyone want to talk about getting the drums in phase? I'd love to. Let's chat. Because, yeah, it's been, I'm so glad that you spoke to that about, like, learning new things and doing, basically, like, expanding on your skill set because of necessity, but also, like, having not thought of it before. It sounds like not because, I mean, you were busy doing other things, but um, not having that representation to not even think, like, oh, I could do this. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. And the ideas you come up with when you're not limiting yourself immediately you know, with what you think it'll take to realize them is just invaluable. I, yeah. <laughs> like, why can't we do that? People just do whatever they want all the goddamn time. Why can't we? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's been, I was talking to someone about like the dichotomy of boundaries and freedom, that it's almost like when you are more tightly bound by circumstance, sometimes you actually find more freedom when it comes to creative ideas, at least. Sure. Like if yes. you have these limitations, that's when you're like, that's when you go most wild with your creativity. Whereas if you can choose like anything, you're like, uh, I don't know, that's too many choices. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I definitely it, think that helped us in this process. Just the idea that like there was no time or equipment or anything to overthink. It was just, uh, we're doing this right now with what we have and that's all we have. (laughs) And choosing to make that a gift as opposed to being frustrated by it, I think helped, you know, every now and then we'd be like, okay, well, 
we're going to do this and we want to do that. So we have to hire someone to, and then we'd be like, no, we can't. Bethany's going to design the album art. We're going to take pictures of ourselves with a timer and a tripod. Like yeah. we just, <laughs> and then, yeah, that became some of my favorite stuff. You know, we have these weird pictures that we took separately and comp together, but like, they, I don't know. I think it's cool. I think it is very indicative of where we are. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I feel like everyone at at some point during lockdown was like, it's the ring light phase. Like, it's happening. Oh, my God. (laughs) We just recorded a video. (laughs) We're going to put out a video, like, next week or something that's literally the only things involved in this video are a multicolored ring light, um, a watermelon, and 115 different bouncy balls that I bought from Target. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's like a bad lips for a video. That's amazing. Yeah, it's uh, it's been something. <laughs> I was like, what can I do just, like, in a hotel room? <laughs> whole wings of museums years from now. That's just gonna be like the pandemic era art. Yes. Yes. <laughs> all gonna be shit like that. <laughs> yes, it's all gonna be bedroom trap beats and like oh selfie style photography. That's all yes. the art is gonna be from this era. Oh my god. Well, yeah. Like one of my friends sent me, and it felt like. I don't know how to describe it other than illicit. It was actually um, my mixer sent me a video from a gallery in Chicago where someone had made a sound art installation where he crafts these like giant metal things that then you bonk and they make sound Mm. Um, is the best I know how to describe it. And that's why I'm not an art critic. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You bonk it. (laughs) You you just delicately bonk it with a thingy. Sound comes out. It <laughs> makes sense. Uh, but I was thinking about how, because he's like, "Oh my God, when the world is open, we ha- we have to go." And I was like, "Yeah." Um, but just being in a room where you could feel the sound vibrations that someone else had created through this object felt illicit, and it made me reflect on like the art that we're creating at this time that we can't share space, we can't share, um, we can't share sonic space with other people. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh my God, we're gonna make such strange stuff." no you're a hundred percent right (gasps) and even when you said that you performed for a live stream in a theater like what was what was that like performing in a theater where they're like weren't people essentially that you you summoned that energy knowing that those people were watching on the internet but weren't like watching from in the same sonic space as you uh well we were in a rock club we weren't I wasn't in a whole theater uh we were at the hideout so Mm -hmm. uh it was a lot smaller space and i had their videographer uh was really cool and we got to set up the shots in interesting ways i thought because i spread ever the band out we used the stage and and a lot of the floor space and uh so i was i was going into it like trying to think of it in more of just a musical way like how will this be visually interesting as well and like which camera is best for me to come up you know if I want to get way into it or do close-ups and stuff so it was another level of figuring stuff out um and then when you finish a song there is silence (laughs) (laughs) and sometimes during the like the broadcast I was able to like and we just go on and we don't say anything and then sometimes it was like I'm sorry, I have to talk right now because it's so strange to really just do all of that and then have nothing happen. So is everybody having fun? Great. That's, (laughs) yes. 
That's what I would imagine is like the in-between moments where usually you get that feedback. Like someone was joking, well, if we do outdoor concerts with cars, is everyone just going to like honk at us? Like when we finish, um, (laughs) right. It's weird. Like then that energy hanging there. It's weird to not get it coming back, to get something, to not hear something that is very strange. And I'm sure people are getting over it. I'll, I'll get over it. <laughs> but I definitely had I had I felt the need to point it out every time. <laughs> Shut up, Bethany. Why? Yeah, and I was thinking about when you were talking, um, Tawny, when when your friends just presumed that you would be sad <laughs> oh, yeah. about your work. Um, I was like, do you get to see, I guess like people's feedback on the internet or things like that I was like what is kind of your barometer because you you haven't been able to do events I'm like what has the reception of your work been in that sphere yeah I mean well um I voice an animated cartoon called Star Trek Lower Decks and like the Star Trek fandom is super vocal and super passionate and engaged and like I mean I feel like uh, they're also like some of the sweetest fans in the world, oh. like just so inclusive and like welcoming. And I almost feel like a, a worldwide shutdown, like the Star Trek fandom is going to thrive. <laughs> like they've thrived in a way because they're so kind. They're so like optimistic. You know, everything about Star Trek is like looking toward a, a, a better future for mankind. Yes. And it's this very like all for one and one for all needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. And, and these are people who really try to live by that in their daily life. So a, a worldwide sort of tragedy is a great time, not a great time, but it is, it's a time where people like that are really able to exercise that and put their mm-hmm. money where their mouth is a little bit. And so the outpouring of support for that show I don't know what it would have been like if it had come out under quote unquote normal circumstances, but it has felt overwhelmingly like supportive and positive mm-hmm. and just, it's felt really like hopeful and sweet and you don't feel so alone because people are so, you know, there's nothing, no one's too cool for school. No one's too cool to tell you that they love something or that they're happy you did something. And mm-hmm. it, it feels very mm-hmm. different from a lot of comedy and a lot of comedy fans where, you know, comedy is kind of like, a place where snarky people go to tell you how much they hate everything and then watch every episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. But <laughs> yeah, so the combo of Star Trek and comedy, I was a little like, huh, I wonder how this is going to work. And it's, it's really been some of the most rewarding work I've done. And that is, that is largely due to the fans um, and the show itself. I mean, I, I love the show. So Aww. yeah, it's been very sweet. That's, and like you said, I feel like that kind of fandom really thrives on the internet and really right now all we have is the internet <laughs> so I'm like yeah I could see that <laughs> this yeah fan. it's kind of like all of us showed up to like weird remote work meetings and twitch streams and stuff kind of like um outside is bad what do we do in here and like all these Star Trek type people are like oh come here I got you yeah I'll show you how <laughs> <laughs> they're like welcome we've been waiting for you <laughs> Here's how you do an Instagram live. <laughs> like, thank uh-huh. you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the indoor kids. It's the indoor kids revolution. That's the best way of putting this. <laughs> <gasps>
Oh, well, what's, I guess, what's next for both of you? Like how, like, obviously, like Tony, you said like you're in production right now, Bethany, you're like, I'm chilling, doing musical theater stuff from afar. I was like, I'm so curious what everyone's up to for kind of like the last part of the year. Cause usually this is when the year is like, Oh, we have our last big burst of activity and then we wind down. And then, so it's like, no one knows what's happening. So I'm just like, Oh, what does the end of the year potentially look like for both of you? I'm trying to get Bethany back out to the compound. That's my goal. Uh, yeah. I'll come. Okay. Uh, good. I won. I, I, I don't know what else I'm going to be doing. <laughs> I was like, that was easy. <laughs> that was easy. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I was supposed to have a show. I was supposed to have a holiday show, but, and I feel like just up until a few months ago, we were all still kind of like, well, maybe the holiday shows will still happen. And obviously they're not. So uh, yeah, whatever happens, happens for me. That's kind of how I felt, felt this whole summer. And since we've done this, honestly, it, it's kind of felt like a sprint, like up till the release day. Like we- yes every day has been like, okay, we have to get this set. We have to get the set. We have to talk to this person. We have to do this. So honestly, the idea of having a month or something to uh, not think about uh, releasing music, (laughs) who knows what will come out of that? You know, like I'm not going to stop thinking about music or the stuff we did or the next thing, but like to not have to think about promoting it for a little while. really cool yeah yeah I was like valid answers include like sitting reading a book talking to the cat (laughs) yeah I wonder if I will do what I'm very bad at doing which is slowing down and not feeling like I have to be making something or doing something yeah that's not Um, gonna work (laughs) (laughs) you know it and I know it yeah, you're right. I gotta try though. It has been a, a packed year, a year that most people would be like, hey, it's totally okay if you do nothing. And I've tried to do all of the things. So maybe I can give myself a month to really not do anything. I, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to shake out though. I'm so curious what that's like. My, uh, my bestie said the same thing where she's like, so I'm taking four days off in a row. Yeah, exactly. And she was just like, I feel strange. (laughs) Well, see, I think because I feel like, you know, back when I had like all of the day jobs or did all of the like bartending and cater waitering, and I was just dying to like get to act or get to make music. Now that I do that for a living, I like taking a day off to me, I'm just like, well, what do you mean? Like, okay, so I don't go to set that day or I'm not like actively working on promoting something I made before. Well, but I like doing that stuff. So I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me to take like four full days off of my favorite things in the world. (laughs) Like, I I don't know. No, I hear you. Yeah. Like, what would that even look like? What would we do? Like, what, would you want to watch some sports for four days straight and talk about sports? I don't know. I'd have to do something so alien to myself. (laughs) Well, also, like, you'd have, like, somebody would have to take your phone and, you know, pad or, like, you'd you'd have to disconnect completely. Yeah, you'd have to, like, put in, like, a Faraday box. Yeah. Yeah, because even when I go, I do a lot of, like, camping and hiking. Even when I do that, like, I'm answering an email. Yeah. 
an email needs answered. So maybe this is more about um, my uh, tech addiction and <laughs> somebody <laughs> does need to take my phone. Well, it's literally... <laughs> this is your intervention. Exactly. I'm like, you're going to go to the compound. You're going to make black boxes for your phone where you just toss them in there. Hmm. You're yeah, going to write an article about it later for Wired. <laughs> compound though, a phone lock box, a phone box, a lock box. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, keep working on it. You're, you're almost there. <laughs> that's a, that's That would be a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I feel you on that. Like I take hikes around LA now that things are open again. Um, and now that everything is only somewhat on fire, question mark. Hmm. Um, yeah, that was a bummer. I was like, oh my gosh, the parks are finally open. No, never mind. Everything's on fire and we can't breathe. You can't really go outside and no one can come inside. So goodbye. Um, <laughs> yeah. I just, I kind of fling my phone into airplane mode. Like I do take it with me because I'm like, what if something terrible happens and I need my cell phone, even though that makes no sense because like I don't get reception anyway. Um, but I do you just could like, take a picture of the guy trying to murder you. Is what exactly. I could be like, I'm by that weird tower on Mulholland. Click. Um, but like, I do put it in airplane mode so that I don't um, feel the need to do stuff with it. Because then I'm like, I'm undoing my own away time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I do that sometimes when I'm writing, though the tech addiction is real. I found myself like when, at one point like scrolling through my own photos. Like, just photos on my own phone. Yeah. Like, the scrolling yeah. feeling. And I'm like, what am I doing? I'm making <laughs> sure all of those things still happened. I'm yeah. <laughs> like, like, this is my own photo roll. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I do that way too much. And it's always, and then I throw the phone, like, yes. wherever I am. Yes. Like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, just demon <laughs> device. Blah. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I'd also like to normalize the fact that we've all, all of our mental health has degraded a little bit over the course of this year. And, and some people have done very well. Some people have done better than others at taking care of themselves. But I think it's okay to say that on the balance, most of us, especially if you're any type of empathetic, feeling, thinking, creative person, your mental health has taken a hit. And yes. it's okay to just be like, yeah, I'm a little worse off than I was in January. And that's that's all right. It's not a failing. I, I have a hard time feeling like, oh, but I'm so fortunate and I'm so privileged. So I shouldn't have this this failing. I shouldn't feel yeah. like this. But it's okay to just be like, I, and I'm fully talking to myself right now, to be like, I'm just trapped in this hotel room losing my mind and <laughs> just yes. being forced to confront the inside of my own skull. And sometimes it's not pretty. Um, yes. Yeah. So let's all thank you for speaking to yourselves. <laughs> yes. Yes. Cause like, I find that, I don't know if you have this experience, but I'll, I'll be willing to like extend that grace to other people. But then with myself, I'm like, why, why am I malfunctioning? And I'm like, oh mm -hmm. yeah. 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 It's weird. Right. There's a lot of guilt. Yeah. Cause if Bethany called me and was like, I'm losing my mind. I need someone to talk to. I'd be like, of of course, absolutely. I get it. You, you're right to feel this way. But me doing it to her and being like, hey, will you send these messages back and forth with me because I'm losing it? I have like weird little, like, even though we've known each other for almost 15 years, I have like a little bit of guilt or I don't know. Yeah, just judgment. Yeah. And it's, um, I, I feel afraid of just like, I don't want to 
let's that's it's what we're all saying right now it's like everybody's got so much stuff on their own brains it feels ridiculous to try to put yourself on top of somebody else's priority list right now oh without anything yeah oh well I'm glad that the two of you do have that trusting collaborative relationship where you can be like hello I'm in a hotel room going bonkers and you're like hello here's some videos I will go to your compound (laughs) (laughs) yeah and making the music is a is a form of therapy too so that's the that's been the real therapy this year is just like we made a thing and it was what we felt and it's it represents us it's very um yeah it's very validating oh and I think of that when I listen to it I'm just like that's really beautiful (laughs) (laughs) oh thank you both so much for joining me I really appreciate your time during the time soup of everything uh this is lovely thank you absolutely yeah this was really nice to chat with you and to um and to get a a, a new recommend for an amazing oh my God. engineer so yes about that thank you again for listening to this episode of why not both if you liked what you heard please make sure to like us and subscribe to us on your preferred podcast platform you can also come hang out with us on social media we are at wnb the podcast both on instagram and on twitter This season, we are brought to you by Under the Radar magazine. Under the Radar is a nationally distributed print, music, and entertainment magazine and website. You can find them at www.undertheradarmag.com and feel free to support them on Patreon. Extra special thanks to our producer, Laura Studeris, who is literally a rock star. Thanks again, and I look forward to seeing you next episode.